right, we are back at it with a new episode. So, I guess... I realized my episode sounded really weird the way I said that. You always start the same way, too. I feel like it's just like a thing now. I can't help it. I just drift back to it. (laughs) So, today... So, we found an article Mm -hmm. that... By we, I mean Laura. However, it led us to what our discussion is today. But not yeah. necessarily about that article. Yeah, we'll kind of bring up the article, the talks of what, like, what was in it, real quick. But really, we're gonna go down a different what, rabbit hole. I'm just yeah, forewarning people. Yeah, it's not so much of a different rabbit hole. It's just like what that article made us question. Um, and I'm sure people are also have questioned this too. So let's go ahead and just get into it. Let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, guys. Like we said, we are back into it with kind of research talk, I guess. Implementing it more than anything. We're going to be talking about, you know, how hard is it to put new techniques to use? So the study that we found on the APTA, um, it was an article just talking about a study that was done in Brazil and it mainly focuses on, you know, how hard is it to find that research? How much is it really beneficial? How much people are like, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, feeling like they can use it. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's just like accessibility Mm -hmm. on top of, understanding Um, yeah like implementing it into the clinic yeah and so like it was done in a small like honestly to me it felt like a small study uh just because it was only like 600 pts around that number um but pretty much what it came down to is it was that survey that was conducted pretty much showed that it was really hard for them to a understand it b implement it and it was leaving like um kind of like questions in the air like a lot of the studies were weren't going one way or another so it was like a lot of different ways can interpret it and so um that could mean that you're bringing things to the clinic that aren't fully um proven just because you can does that make sense interpret it different ways yeah i mean i guess the the two ways are one it could be interpreted wrongly, mm-hmm. so you're practicing the wrong way, or something that has low evidence, you might be practicing completely. I don't know. It's just the way that it's... I mean, all in all, um, the article is pretty interesting. Uh, I would yeah. read it. But it brought us to the question on what today's episode's about of implementing said new practices as PTAs in particular. The article goes into like PTs in Brazil and all that. But we thought, well, how hard is it for us to do any new technique? Because we get to go to these classes that, you know, we can pick and choose for our continuing educations like taping, Graston, McKenzie, um, BFR, uh, aquatic like there's so many different actual courses you could go and also get certified in them that you can do but if you can't implement or use those techniques 
you know, what is truly the purpose? And so, Ken, you kind of had a situation in your clinical rotation, correct? Where your CI was certified in something that your PT wasn't certified in. How did that work out? Um, so, yeah, so I did talk about it a little bit in that episode. So we talk a lot about Parkinson's and there's a LVST big certification that you can get to work with that patient population. And at that time when I was doing my clinical rotation, the PTA was certified in this technique, but the PTs weren't. So this created that barrier already that they want to implement these techniques. They have patients who have Parkinson's, but you can't utilize them because they weren't evaled in that manner. They don't have goals that are LSVT big related. So she couldn't implement those techniques. So the workaround was do exercises inspired by that technique, but Mm -hmm. you can't be doing that technique in particular. So you can't say that it's, oh, I'm doing this for this LVS TB big, like, purpose you're just doing it just for the parkinson's patient did that like dictate a lot of the how she treated the patient differently than like how the pt would treat the patient in a way uh honestly i wouldn't say n- n- not really i think for the most part they're still treating the patient's main concerns similarly but yeah their exercises would differ a little bit but um working in that setting where i was at everybody's exercises differed a little bit, so not entirely surprised. Which I'm totally fine with. I work in a setting right now, too, where we kind of all have different exercises that we go to, which is nice. I think it gives a well-rounded balance to patients. Um, But, like, at the same time, did, like, the PT encourage some of these exercises? Did they say, hey, like, you know, I know you do this, but I don't want that kind of towards it? No, there was never really any conflict that I know of anyways. Mm-hmm. they it, it just kind of had to be on the same page. Like you have to agree with your PT. You have to be on the same boat. You have to understand what, where they're coming from, what they're certified in, and go from there. But they, as far as patient treatment, they never really clashed or anything. Because I feel like that would be such a hard thing is like almost in a way like of like, hey – you know, I've been, for example, like, let's just go with like the McKenzie treatment because that's one that has been proven to do really well. You have to get like, really certified for it. And the education that you get is really pretty high up there on how to treat um, kind of with that method. And so it is become, I feel like, interesting when you get a certification. So like say APT has that doesn't, you know, just came out of school, doesn't have that certification you've been working in the field, you have that certification. Will the PT rely on you a little bit more? Will you be able to be okay? Like, do you think they'll be okay using it? I feel like it all comes down to your relationship, of course, but it definitely brings up a lot of questions of like, you know, using it in the field as a PTA, where if you're a PT, you go and get certified, you just get to use it, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, like, well, we have to follow the plan of care. So if mm-hmm. what we want is not within the plan of care, then there's really nothing we can do for it. Yeah, but like, so, so for example, McKenzie method, right? Or even like this method that you were talking about 
um, the Parkinson's for Parkinson's, mm-hmm. there's exercises that kind of go with it and say it's a general plan of care of like progress to blah, 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 blah. You know, here's the goals, you know, plan of care is to reach goals with assistance, p- a physical therapist assistance, working along and being able to treat with exercises, modalities and adjust as, you know, required. I'm giving a very broad one. Like it's it's such a broad plan of care. Can you start using some of those methods, even though like they're not specifically stated in there? Would you start using some of those methods that you know to be so as far as like yourself? So as far as the McKenzie, I'm not entirely sure what their like procedures or protocols are, what their rules are. Because I know for the one that my CI was certified in, she can't do any of those for, like, I guess it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, it's weird so to me she that took she inspiration from what she learned, but she can't call it what it yeah. is. No, I get that. Because, like, for example, so, like... The McKenzie, you can't say, like, the big thing with, like, McKenzie, if I remember correctly, is you're working within their their range of motion that they can tolerate, and you're avoiding usually certain positions that aggravate it. Like, that's a big thing, correct? I mean, I feel like McKenzie is mainly just extension-based. Well, yeah. A lot but, of extension, um, extension, extension. And there's a lot of different exercises that have come from that, and so you don't say, hey... I'm using McKenzie, but like in the main, you know, you get things passed around that like people who have taken the courses and so they kind of borrow from it per se. That's why like you you can get your inspiration from it. You just can't call it that unless it's in the plan of care and your PT certified in it. That makes sense. So even if like with your example, with the very broad plan of care, like you have leeway to do whatever you want, you still can't call it those names. Because in her scenario, the PT was not certified in those techniques. So you have no goals for those techniques. Thus, you can't per- you can't perform those techniques. So for that one, those techniques required a goal. Correct. Which so is McKenzie the same way? I'm not sure. So if, so if you have your PT who's certified in the McKenzie program and they have a Mc- specific McKenzie program goal, then... Can a PTA who's also done the, the McKenzie program do those exercises or like vice versa? Uh, yeah, I could see that like being like if you both have the same thing, then it shouldn't be it should be a smoothless transition. But then at the same time, if you don't, that's where like so, for example, with your PT or the PTA who had the specific training and the PT didn't. Well, if we reverse that where the PT has the training but the PTA doesn't, now can the PTA do any of those techniques? Even if the PT showed her how to do it, can she perform any of those techniques? Or is that I feel like it falls down to what the technique is. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's going to be barriers in which you can't. Because that's the, that's the interesting thing. Like, this is just a little side thing. But, like, it's an interesting thought right now that popped in the head is – you know, we have these Graston techniques, we have taping techniques, we have um, McKenzie techniques, like there's different things, BRF, like there's different new tech, 
techniques and certifications coming out. But really, the only thing that we can't do thing do is things that aren't covered by law. Like as long as it is covered within our plan of care, I mean not plan of care, but under our um, license practice act, we can yeah practice act. Like we can do it. There's no rule that says like hey, in order to do taping, you have to get a certification in taping. And that's the only way you can do taping. Now, if a PT has taken the class and then they show you techniques of how they want you to tape, you can tape. Um, for example, dry needling is one where they did put a, a certification on where in order to do it out here in Nevada, you have to be certified. Um, and it's under that only PTs can be certified to do it. So... It's definitely an interesting thought of, like, who sets the rules of, like, really who can and cannot do it. Because there's no, there's certain things that say, like, you don't need to be certified in order to do this exercise or this exercise. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think it just kind of depends on on what it is. In different states. Like, we know a state that uh, PTA has gotten her dry needles license because there's nothing under the rules that says she couldn't um so it's it's definitely interesting and i think the hardest thing that we get as ptas is trying to implement new techniques if our pts don't agree with them or haven't taken it because then they're hesitant on it so like right now is there any technique that you'd want to do that your pt doesn't do Oh, there's a lot. She She's a little newer at our school, which is totally fine. Um, but, like, again, some of it's, like, I'd love to take a taping course. Um, I never have done it because my PT, who I worked with prior, did not believe in it. And I felt like it was a waste of time and my money. And that's the hard part, too, is, like, things that we might find interested in, we might not do it just because we might not be able to actually perform it in the clinic. And I don't want to go spend that kind of money because it's usually like $300 and up on a course that I'm not going to get to use. Um, right now I don't think that's an issue. Definitely like with the company I'm at, they do so many different courses that if I, I'm pretty sure if I did a course through our company was offering, she really wouldn't have an issue with it. Um, at all. If I went out and did something kind of like out there, maybe she'd want to learn a little bit more about it before she lets me just go Go rogue on a patient, which is, go do I your get thing. that, yeah. And I totally understand that, too, because they're responsible for that patient and the, our treatments on that patient. So, like, I totally understand them wanting to understand what we're doing. And I think that's the biggest thing is, like, that communication, that if you have that communication with your PT and you're like, hey, this is what I'm looking into I find it very fascinating. I'd love to go get certified or I'd love to go take a course on this, but I would love to actually treat patients with this. And you can back up your reasoning why, how it could be beneficial, and kind of even like what's what's the downfalls of using this technique? Is there any like side effects that could happen or um, yeah, like harm negative and outcomes? Things like that. Yeah. yeah, things that you don't really um, plan on happening. Exactly. And so they know the risk and doesn't mean they need to totally fully understand the treatment of how to do it but if they know like who's it good for what are the supposed outcomes what are could be some of the downfalls and things to look for like 
I think your PT, if you have a close relationship, is going to be a little more apt for you, like being okay to use it, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, I'm on both both ends, really, because I have one PT who's for mm-hmm. it and then one that's against it. So and that comes with all those techniques, like the percussion devices, taping, cupping, all those thrown in the air. And it just a lot of it just comes down to communication. And like you said, with the taping, like I don't, know, I don't want to spend money on a taping class that I'll never be able to use in the clinic. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I still don't want to learn it. It's just it's no longer a priority since I know I'm not going to be able to perform it. Exactly. I'm still curious. I still want to learn about it. I still want to be able to do it because I find it personally beneficial for when I've used it in the past. But mm-hmm. it, it just kind of comes down to like if I do plan on performing those techniques like how often can I use it and it just comes down to communication yeah I'm with you on that now I have a scenario for you okay what are your thoughts on this you are a PTA you own a company you own your own inpatient outpatient home health whatever it is right and as a PTA you take a course and you're like I love this we're implementing this this company we are going to offer as a company, we are going to offer this technique. I'm going to pay for everybody to go get their courses done in it. We will be certified in it. Who gets the final say? Is it the owner or, and this is where I think things get a little tricky. Does the owner as a PTA get to say, Hey, we're implementing this for our patients. Or does it come down to the PT? If they truly say, I don't want to do this. I will probably still assume it comes down to the PT. I would assume it does, but I feel like there's a, there's a fine line. Like then it's kind of like, okay, well, if you don't want to do this, then we find another PT who, who will. I mean, true. You do have that power that you'll just kind of find someone that will do what you want to do. But yeah. when it comes to patient care and the plan of care and what happens with, with the patient in general, like that comes down to the PT. So if it the PT doesn't want to do it or they don't see that they're a good candidate for that technique, it's not going to be performed. Agreed. The only thing I can see is as a company, you being technically being able to offer it, not forcing them to use it, but offering it as a service in a way. Because I have like heard this example. story similar to what you just said. Um, I know a therapist that worked at a company where the owner was really into taping, mm-hmm. like super pro taping. So what they do, they taped every single patient, whether they needed it or not. They you just get tape. You get tape. Everybody got tape. So it's one of those things like, okay, in your scenario, did the owner was just like, hey, we're doing this. And the employees were like, okay, cool. Well, obviously mm-hmm. it's different because the owner was not a PTA. Yeah. It was a PT, but still. In that, in that scenario, the owner got their way. And if yeah. you didn't like it, then you would just leave, go find somewhere else. Well, and that's the interesting thing, too, is like at that point, it becomes a difference between a policy of a business, I feel like, and a PTA saying we're going to do it. Like, it's just, I feel like you could apply that either way. A PT could come in and say, like, hey, all my PTs are going to offer this and you guys will be doing it type thing. Um which I think happens in every medical field. But it's definitely an interesting thought. And I feel like you'd have to implement it very, very good as a 
as an owner, as a PTA to justify like, hey, no, I'm not dictating their actual plan. This is just something I'm kind of offering, if that makes sense. No, I, so, I agree. But um, do you feel like it's hard as a PTA to implement new techniques that you learn? I feel like if it's a technique that the PT is unfamiliar with, I feel like it would be a let me go talk to my PT first before I implement it type of deal. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it's difficult, but I wouldn't just, like you said earlier, go rogue and do my own thing. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm the same way, but I do feel like it's sometimes just not saying I personally have it this way, but like just thinking about our field, I do find that a little frustrating because it's just like it it discourages me as a PTA sometimes to go into that new looking into new techniques and taking new techniques courses because of the fact that it all depends on for, on the PT who I'm working with, whether or not I can use that technique in a way if they're comfortable with it. Um, I think that's what it, that's the hard part about that. Our field in new, new uh, techniques and new resources, resources coming out. And we kind of talked about this before in the past too, like the whole PT, PTA relationship. And when you're looking for new jobs and whatnot, because you go to your interview, you talk with the PT and yeah, it might be a nice like location, nice job, like the environment might be nice. But if you don't have a good relationship or you don't think like you'll just align with the PT, it does make your job more difficult. Mm-hmm. Because if you like to do some of these techniques like the BFR and things like that and your PT is completely against it. And now you're working there, you want to try all these things out and you just get shut down every single time. Like that's just not a healthy work environment, I feel like. So yeah. I feel like it just... I feel like people will be happier if they find a PT that they're, they just mesh better. And I know PTAs who are super behind evidence-based practice. And I know some that aren't. Mm-hmm. So just, I just recommend going with some a PT that just aligns with what you believe going in. Going to use the newest technology, the newest toys and the newest everything um, in their, their everyday practice and you're going to get those who are old school who are like, I don't need any of that. I'm not doing any of that. This is what I've been doing for the past 30 years and I'm going to keep doing it and you're going to follow me. Diabetes, which are great too. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. It's finding one that meshes well. I do hope that in the long run, if they want us to continue to kind of grow within our role as a PTA they do give us a little bit more leverage on kind of using whatever techniques we want to use um, within like reasons still uh, kind of thing. Like if, for example, like if we have a patient and we're doing stuff for a lower back, um, you know, if we got the McKenzie method, really kind of using the McKenzie method or something like that, which in most cases, honestly, I don't think you're going to find many people who won't let you put certain things to use. But, you know, not feeling like you always have to get full permission to use skills that you have made available to yourself, if that makes sense. 
And just yeah, just run it by your PT. My advice is just run it by your PT first. Oh, yeah. Definitely right now for sure. Um, I would just like to see it grow that way. And who knows? Over time, it might we might grow to get a little bit more, more freedom in a way um, as our education grows and we we grow as a, a little separate entity within. That'll be interesting to see how. So. It, I mean, first seeing if they change the education level, and then seeing what autonomy brings with that. Yep, yeah, definitely will be interesting. That's where I think uh, again going to. A little bit more education would be more beneficial if we want to take... Because, like, don't get me wrong. I am not trying to take the role of a PT. I do not want a full role of the PT. I, I don't want that. Um, <laughs> I don't want the paperwork that comes with it. And I just... I I like to be like, you know what? Not my call. I, yep, I can't. I can't. Yep. Sorry, guys. That's out of mind. Like, I, I do like aspects of that. And so I'm not saying that... But I do feel like with the way that the field's growing and us taking on more, more uh, in-depth role within the patient care too, with how many patients we're seeing, the field's growing. I think we need to take, like they need to eventually give us a little bit more on. If not, we are going to drown our PTs in stress and burn them out too soon because of how much they're going to end up having to take on and everything like that. So. Um, that's my little two cents on that. So I'm excited to see where it goes. But that's kind of our conversation for the day was just like how to implement, what our thoughts were, if it was hard to. Um, let us know what you guys think. If you're a business owner and you're PTA and you've got a couple PTs under you taking some courses, let us know. Let us know if that uh, also holds you back from t- going and taking courses as a PTA. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, check out our Instagram. You guys can leave a comment there or leave a comment on the podcast itself uh, on your thoughts. But until then, I think that's about it. I think so. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Take care. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.